Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This week's sponsor is Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish Alabama or in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, food sources, they ain't the same down here as in other parts of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern Outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. I'm your host, Brian Sand. I hope you guys are doing well today. Got an exciting show for you this week and going uh, to be talking about some different lakes and different bodies of water this week. So we're excited about that. Had some great weather to be out there lately. It's been a little bit chilly, been a little on the cold side. And I know all you deer hunters out there don't mind that at all. But the uh, that wind and that cold weather, it gets a little hard on this fishing sometimes. Anyway, let, with that, man, we have got a brand new caller on here today from a lake that we have not talked about and, and you know, have neglected for whatever reason in the past. But we are not anymore. We're going to put this, uh, we're going to make West Point Lake. Uh, something that we focus on a little more than we have in the past. And, man, I am excited today to have Ken Bearden from West Point on the show. Ken, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Yes, sir. I'm proud to be on your show. Well, man, I I appreciate you jumping on. I know I contacted you there kind of last minute. So thank you for working with me on that and getting on. And, man, we're excited to hear about West Point and and the fishing there uh, compared to some of the other lakes in the state. It's a big fishery, so I know there's going to be some good things we can talk about. But, man, I'd love to know. uh, Me and you were talking before the show so I know that you have lived all over the state and fished, been been able to fish some great places in different areas, and and I know that you've also got a nonprofit organization. So man, just kind of catch us up. Tell us a little about yourself, and, and I would love for you to share with the listeners what you're doing with this nonprofit. So I'm I'm Ken Beard, and I grew up in Anniston, Alabama, and uh, I started fishing uh, Neely Henry, Logan Martin. Uh, me and my little brother got in some clubs. We, I mean, I, I look back and I think, how in the world did we win all those tournaments? We wasn't that great a fisherman. I just had a little 16-foot bass tracker with a Ford Horse Mariner on there. but And it was like 35 in our club. And we was anglers of the year. And, you know, we we went on Lay Lake. And we'd never been to Lay Lake, but we would win, you know. It was just, it was amazing. And, and you know, at the time, I was actually a professional bull rider. And uh, I, I started that at, at the age of 15, started riding bulls in the rodeos. And um, that says a lot about so you, kid. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when I wasn't at a rodeo, I was fishing, fishing. I couldn't drive down the road without looking over at a lake and thinking, man, <laughs> I'd like to throw something in there. But um, yeah, so I ended up getting married to this little cowgirl. And um, she finished college in, uh, there in Jacksonville. And I had been, I stayed on the road, rodeoing, and then coming home, I would fish. And then um, we moved up, she, her first job was UNA in um, Florence, Alabama, so moved up there. And so I fished on uh, Pickwick, Wilson, and Wheeler, um, lived right there, I mean, within two miles of the landing there at Pickwick. So, and then, of course, Wilson's right there, and Wheeler's right up 72, so I fished all three of them a lot. Done pretty good up there. I actually started guiding a little bit up there. That was my first experience because a lot of people were guided for the smallmouth. Uh, people would come there on the Ketchup's Trophy smallmouth. And um, we, I, I don't know, there was just such a demand for it. I, I started guiding there. I had got on the, I'd been fishing the, the Red Man trails and uh, ended up getting on the OMC fishing team. I chose, I had my choice of the Stratus javelin and the hydrosport. I, I, I had a lot that went with the hydrosport and Evan Rude. 
and I had me a, I don't know, like a 19 and a half footer. That's what I guided with up there. So we, we were there for about five years and I moved down to, to Pell City and uh, she took another job there at Birmingham Southern. So I guided and fished on Logan Martin, Neil Henry. I'd done more tournament fishing at that period. I, I fished on three BFL. It, it hit swap from Redman to BFL time. And I fished three BFL trails and the back then it was the Everstart series uh, with the Walmart Everstart batteries. I stayed on the road a lot fishing fishing those tournaments and then done some guiding. So we was there about seven years. Then we, uh, we moved to LaGrange. My wife took a job here at LaGrange College. And I've been guiding here for, this makes 20 years, been guiding here on West Point. And, awesome. Um, been fortunate enough to win the Georgia State Championship it was a big tournament they they had here for almost 40 years in a row. The year I won it, there was 325 boats in it, the biggest tournament probably in the, ever been held in the state of Georgia. Won twenty thousand uh, dollars. Nice. And so so it got popular real quick after that, and my guiding got easier because people knew about me. And the marina, Island Marina, had me on the website, so I'd get in traffic that way too. And, uh, and then. Uh, that was in 2004. 2007, they awarded me the West Point Lake Fisherman of the Year, the Lake Coalition did, because I've done so much charity work with local charities and for Kids Ranch here and stuff like that. When I'd go, when I went to tournament, I'd, I'd go buy, you know, 15, 20 rod and reels and take them out there to those kids and stuff like that and put on little tournaments for the homeless shelter and the food bank and stuff, they just to help them keep going, you know. That was in 2007. Uh, I was awarded the West Point Lake Fisherman Year. They base it on, you know, how, how well you've done as a fisherman and, and what, what else you're doing besides that in the fishing to promote the lake and fishing. So, you know, that, that those seven, 2007 and eight, I'd won the Walmart Distribution Tournament, the March of Dimes Tournament, all all the big tournaments, the major tournaments. At some point, I, I've won all of them. So that's um, awesome. That was there was about 200 people there when I I got received my award, and so with all that exposure, my guidance came easy. My customers came pretty easy with all that. Sure. And at the time, I had swapped over to the FLW tour and was fishing on it, going to New York, going to Okeechobee, going to the Chafalaya Basin and wherever they were going, going all over. I was in the newspaper a lot with that and ended up making the Forestwood Cup with the uh, FLW. But in 2008, lost all my paying sponsors when the stock market crashed and just kind of fish open tournaments, guiding, stuff like that. As far as my nonprofit, now, I met a, this gentleman in 2001. I didn't know at the time, but he was a Vietnam veteran. He had Lou Gehrig's disease and mm. had no muscle tissue from his left hand up above his shoulder, so he couldn't lift that arm but about three inches. I met him through another, uh, Jimmy Edge. I don't know if you ever heard Edge Lures. He, he was real big years ago, but then he got to making Bass Pro Shop stuff soft plastics and so he his lures kind of he used to be bigger than zoom but i mean he was in every walmart there was i mean kmart uh years ago but once he got to making the bass pro stuff he kind of dwindled down on the edge stuff because it was so much easier just to get money from bass pro but he introduced me to this guy we went fishing all three of us together and me and the the veteran became closer friends than, than me and Jimmy was. Now he, I didn't know he was a veteran. I had no idea. I, I knew him for five or six years before he ever even spoke anything about Vietnam or anything. So we fished together for about 13 years. He started the last year and a half or so, he started to go down. And because he would call me wanting to go fishing and then, you know, I, I would have stuff my wife he wanted me to do or if I was going to a tournament I was getting ready for that or whatever and I I mean you know I can't go today I tell him I can't go today but you know we'll see we'll see if I can't you know get a day next week or something or in a few days or whatever and 
but I, I, I got the notion that I would, I would normally call him back to see how he'd done that day. And he would, I would get the same answer. Well, I, I decided not to go. I just pulled around the house here and stuff like that. And so I kind of realized he can't go physically. He's not physically able to put the boat in and run it all day, mm. and get it back on the trailer and get it home and get it put up. It's just, you know, he's, he's getting weaker. And, and he was, he wouldn't admit that, but he was. And so I told my wife when anytime he wanted to go, if I was available, I was, I was going to take him. And, because my wife, she knew him, she knew his wife, and she said that, you know, she that's fine. She understood, you know, the situation. So I would take him, and, you know, that last year, they, you know, they started the chemo treatments on him. He had cancer started popping up here and there. He was 65, and it was all related from the Agent Orange, uh, from the being in, in Vietnam. He, uh, they gave him six months. It got to the point where they gave him six months with chemo and a year without. I mean, year with chemo and six months without chemo. And he started the chemo, and he would really be in bad shape for several days, and then he would slowly get back. And then I would call him, you know, check on him. You know, how you doing? You know, and when he got to feeling pretty good, I said, "Were well, you about ready to go fishing?" You know, and he's like. He would always, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like I, you know, get out now. So we would always go. And well, got down to the last few months there, and I was about carrying him out there, put him in the boat. He was just, just so weak, and he passed on and everything. And I, and I did, I didn't think much about it. What I had done, it wasn't a big deal to me. I, I felt like he would have done the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. for me. If it was, I, I stopped one day to check on this wife, like I told him I would. I'd stopped several times before, and every time she would, at some point, she would start crying and thanking me for taking the time to take Joe out fishing. And it got to the point where it was kind of uncomfortable to stop because right. I knew what was going to happen. She's going to, at some point, she's going to start getting emotional and thanking me and thanking me for taking him fishing and stuff. and I thought, well, you know, I'll just talk to her about it because I can't go through this every time. So, and I did. I stopped and about been there about twenty minutes chatting and stuff, and she starts saying, you know, I, I sure do thank you for taking Joe fishing. It meant so much to him. And I, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't do anything special, Miss Killen. I said he would have done the same thing for me. She said, well, you you didn't see what I saw, and. I just listened, and she's like, when he was going through that chemo and stuff, you know, he he would just, he was so depressed, he would just sit there in the chair, in the recliner, wouldn't do wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't go nowhere. People would call over to talk to him, and he wouldn't talk to him. He didn't want to talk to nobody. She's like, but the day that you call to set up a fishing trip, she says. Next thing I know, he's out there in the garage getting his rods ready and tying on the lures that you said the fish are biting, putting his stuff over at the side, ready to go. She said, that meant so much to me. It meant a lot to him. Yeah, it meant a lot to her. Yeah. Yeah. She said it gave him something to look forward to. It just put new life back in. She said at that time, she said, I'm sure there are thousands of other veterans in the same shape, you know, that need to get out and want to get out, but they're not physically able or some of them even mentally able. And I said, well, you're, you're probably right. And I, I had done a lot of tournaments for, we've had a few guys that passed away here. And then the, Jimmy Edge, he had passed away too. And I always done a tournament, a more memorial tournament in, in memory of them. And then donated the money to the, you know, the kid ranch or the homeless shelter or something. So I, I was already kind of thinking about what I, I wanted to do in memory of Joe because he was a not only a served in Vietnam, but he was seven years active duty and then a 35 year volunteer fireman. And so he really well known and loved in his community. And he cut the grass for a lot of widows who couldn't afford to pay for the grass to be cut and stuff like right. that, you know. And I wanted to do something, you know, but I didn't know what it was. And when she said that about 
she th- she felt like there was thousands of other veterans in the same shape. I, I was like, you may be right about that, you know. So that's kind of where it all. So that's kind of where it all started from with you starting this nonprofit for the taking veterans fishing. Yeah, it turns out Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina are three highest in the nations in veterans because there's 11 bases in the southeast, and a lot of them retire, live mm-hmm. in the southeast. So. So we saw that there was a lot of veterans, and so we knew that a lot of them were probably in that shape. So we started researching freshwater fishing trips for veterans, and we couldn't find anything. There was a lot of hunting. There was a group doing some ice fishing up north, and there was a lot of them doing saltwater fishing in Florida, but not really going out on a freshwater lake. So then we saw the, the veterans were there, nobody's doing this and so we got incorporated and then we got an llc and then we filed for our 501c3 we finished up the paperwork how many veterans have y'all been able to take so far uh i I average between 80 and 100 a year and that's been since 2016 so somewhere between 80 and 100 man that is awesome ken Uh, I, i love that man i love your heart for what you're doing and I know that, man, I'm sure those guys that you're taking are just like your buddy was, you know, where they're, mm-hmm. they see you call and, and getting ready to go with you, man. There's, it's a, it's a light goes off in them, man. I, it's an important thing what you're doing. And so, man, I just personally thank you for, for your commitment to that and your dedication for that. And, and I'm just glad to hear it's successful, man. That's a, uh, that's a good deal. So, Let's jump in real quick, and, and we don't have much time, but let's just jump in real quick to, man, give us a fishing report. What's going on at West Point right now? Well, I took a veteran out uh, a couple of days ago, and we actually had a really good day. We we put in at, at Horse King on Highway 109 there, right at the at the bridge uh, that's in about the middle of the lake. I got there about 30 minutes before he did, so i done some idling around, looking around, and I saw a bunch of shad out there in deep. There were some fish around them. Went over and checked a couple other places and then didn't see much there. So and then he shows up. So I get him, get him in the boat. And, you know, he's had a lung removed. He's been through three rounds of chemo, around the radiation, everything. So uh, I have to walk him out there and get him in there. And then I have to rig his rods up. So he likes to bring his own rods. I mean, if they, yeah. if they really were good, you know, fishermen before they got sick, they still love to use their stuff. They don't, they don't, you know, I, yeah, I have right. stuff for them, but, but they, they want to use their stuff. So I, I have to get all his stuff fixed up. And so we pull out there uh, just about maybe a hundred yards from the ramp where I saw those shad and the fish were up under them and stuff. And we, I would probably call about, 30 or so hybrid and striped and some spotted bass mixed in there just on a, a jigging spoon a drop shot he said man he said this is most fish people you know i've caught in a long time you know <laughs> i take him because i've known him for about a year and a half now been i've been through him with all this stuff that, that his, he's had to go through and when he's feeling good that's when i take him kind of like with my my yeah. friend was you know and so there's been days, I mean, he's felt good and we'll go, but the fishing just wasn't really on. So we've had some days where, where the bite just wasn't on. So a few days ago, it was really good because, and I kept telling them, I said, well, when they, they've been working on the lock at, at follow, so they've been holding the water back here. So it had been kept up high. And I said, once they, you know, get through working on that lock and they, pull this lake down to, to winter pool and fill you follow back up i said it's gonna get good i'm telling you because he was he was getting discouraged about it, you know but and they did they finished that and, and the water went back they pulled it down to winter pool and I, and the fish are just they're right now they're bunched up you know on the big big points that stick out some of the road beds they're on some of those some of the old pond dams before, while I was building the lake, they had, they built some ponds and was raised raised bass in those pond, bass and brim in those ponds while the, they were clearing out the timber. And so, so those pond dams are still under the water. 
Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like a road bed. You throw a finesse jig up there. I, I really like the Elkins finesse jig or either the War Eagle finesse jig in the, about the 3 8 ounce. Put just put a zoom speed crawl on there, chartreuse to pinchers. Just drag them on those those road beds and lake dams. And I mean, I've caught you know seven eight pounders like that. Most time you're gonna catch spots, you know, pound and a half up to two and a quarter. Occasionally you'll catch a three pound spot, but a couple of days later I went by myself. Uh, man, I stopped in one place and I I, I kept. 20 hybrids for this uh, this lady in town. She she always want me to bring her some fish. So I, I kept 20 hybrids and I throwed back probably 20 more. And then I, I got tired of that. So I thought, well, I'm going to go bass fishing. You know? And so I, the second place I pulled up on, I, I throw the square bill up there and catch a four pounder. And he's just as green as he can be. So I can tell he, has, he hasn't been out deep. And that's pretty typical of this time of year, just fishing big rock, chunk rocks with square bills, chatterbaits, things like that. If you want to go for numbers, you want to get out there in the 25, 18 to 25 foot, just depending on the weather and stuff like that. The water temperature is around 57 right now, so it's not so cold it's going to push them all out. If you're going to fish for a big fish, I mean, uh, you want to fish shallow. Is there much grass in West Point, or is it mainly just ledges and rock? No, not, not any grass. They, they've they been planting some this shoreline grass, but, you know, they don't fill this lake up until the 1st of June. So, mm-hmm. And then they start pulling it back down normally in 1st September, so, you know, in a normal year. So the grass doesn't play a big role in it right i didn't think it did uh, in the middle no in the middle of summer you can go in the far back to some of these creeks and get around some grass and, and some buck brushes and stuff like that but it's not something that i target most of the time um, so right now you're going out and you're targeting you know some the ledges uh maybe some maybe some shallow uh early yeah your best part of the day is it's going to be from about 10 a.m. to about uh, 4.45 or right around 5 o'clock, and that's Eastern time. Okay. Uh, fish this year, this time of year uh, normally like to bite in the middle of the day. My tournament strategy to big fish, guiding so much, spending so much time on the water, I've, I've, I've kind of noticed when I catch my big fish. And I normally catch my biggest fish around eight o'clock in the morning or either between about 11:30 and one during the day mm-hmm. so those are the times that i want to be on my my big fish holes my places that i've caught big fish uh, trophy size fish and then in between those times i'm trying to fill a limit or either i'm trying to upgrade the limit and that that's always worked well for me. But you guys spend a lot of time on the lake and learn sure. a lot of places. You know that you you catch the big fish, your five, six, seven, eight pounders. And West Point is known for for big fish. It's not known for numbers. It used to be years ago known for lots of numbers, but it's a big fish lake. That's, yeah, it's not quite like that now. It's, you're more likely to catch a trophy than you are to go out and catch 25, 30. Now, if you you know if you go with a guide who spends a lot of time, now you, you can catch that many. Right, you, can, you catch you some numbers. Catch numbers. And our fish, I'm, they have been stocking for the past five years. It's either four or five years. They've been stocking in, uh, about 450 to 500,000 largemouth fingerlings. Uh, a year oh wow um and we we uh yeah we we had a little meeting with them and it it was uh, kind of heated and a few times because we were they dumping you know all these stripers in our lake and hybrids in our lake and your money fish is a bass you know it's largemouth bass it's, it's not the hybrids it's not the stripers so we got the mayor and the city council and all them together in one room and we just laid down the law to them you know and 
told me, look, you, you know, there, there's not about three guys, but people out there that, that are fishing for stripers. And you have a high school tournament and there's 200 boats show up fishing for bass. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. You know, That's right. I, I told them and they quoted me in the newspaper, you know, there <laughs> is no striper pro shop. There is a bass pro shop. That's right. You know, and, it, and it's a multi-million dollar industry. Yeah, don't neglect so, that. Yeah, so they started doing their stocking for us, and, but they wouldn't stock Florida strings. And so we keep staying on them and staying on them. So the last two years, when they stocked, they've been 85% Florida and 20% Northern strings across. And they finally let us come and take some we couldn't put them in a live well. We had to use coolers, and we could go out and distribute them. Nice. And then, you know, and back in the creeks and stuff like that. Because, you know, they would just dump them all right there at the ramp. I That's mean, right. Yeah. And so feed the crappy here at the ramp, you know. So, but we got them. We got, finally got them. We're, you know, and there would be about 30 of us come. And, and but once we take those that they give us out and put them out, we could come back and get more. So it's kind of a you know, from seven o'clock in the morning up to about two o'clock in the day, running back and forth, putting large mouth fingerlings all over the lake. So, uh, I, and I, and I had a meeting with the Lake Corps of Engineers today and he, he went out with them to do some shocking. And he said that, uh, that they were starting to, to get some size on them. Uh, now he didn't mention how big, but apparently they are shocking up some of them. Some that, good fish. We awesome. Yeah. They're starting to grow, so maybe we can get back to those numbers, you know, to having more. We have a lot of one, two, two and a half pounders, but your three, fours, three and four pounders. That's where we're lacking at. And you, you'll catch a, you can catch a five pounder, six pounder, seven pounder, even eight pounders, but those three and four pounders are kind of hard to come by. Feeling the. And I mean, if you put a hundred boats out there, yeah, you sure, may have some, one they're gonna catch them. Those. Yeah, yeah, but the rest of the field's gonna struggle. Hopefully, this stocking's gonna bring that back, make West Point Lake great again. That that Heck was our yeah. Facebook. That was our Facebook page. I love it, man. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's man. Yeah. I I love you being on here. I love the story and and what you're doing with your with the nonprofit and what you're doing to improve West Point Lake and and a fishery that's that's very important in that part of the country. So, man, thank you for that. And uh, obviously, look forward uh, to having you back on here again and and soon and and being a consistent part of the show. So. Before we let you go, two things. One is one thing we like to do is, is do a tip of the day. And so if somebody was going to come to West Point tomorrow and go fishing and you had to give them one tip, what would you give them for this week's Chattahoochee tip of the day? What's won me more tournament than anything is keeping a, an open mind. It's not. When I go into a tournament, I'm not thinking about winning and I'm not thinking about losing. I'm just trying to stay in the moment and fish what's in front of me and let the fish tell me what they want instead of trying to go with what I got in my head while I'm driving to the lake or what I thought of the night before. Just get out there and, and if something looks good, pull over there and fish it and stay in the moment. That's been a real key to a lot of my success is, is not being dialed in before I ever get there. That's you know, right. Let, let the fish, the fish dictate fish, it. That's right. Let's because you know fish are the weather change. Fish changes just every time the weather changes, and the weather seems to change just on a daily basis. Absolutely. So you, you have to adjust that. Yeah. So you can check me out on KenBeardandFishing.com. That's my regular guiding page, and then. The Veterans, and that's also on Facebook. The Veterans is, uh, on Facebook, it's the Veterans Fishing Organization. And uh, our website is VFO, which is short for Veterans Fishing Organization, vfohome.org. We survive off small donations, you know. I pay for the truck, I pay for the boat. I don't get no free boat and truck. People, they see me and they think, you know, oh, you're getting all this free stuff now i'm, I'm in debt that's what i yeah. am 
if you want to make donation on the website there there's a page for that the veterans are just so appreciative you know i take i've got guys that call me and they're dying they know they're dying they've done all they can do for them and they're just so thankful and so glad that you know somebody cares enough to do something for them absolutely yeah it's it's been amazing that's good stuff, man. Well, what, is there a number that people can uh, reach you at? Is that a good way to contact you if they want to book a trip with you? Yeah, they, they can call. It's uh, 706-884-0494, and that also works uh, for the veterans, too. Now, like tomorrow morning, I got a Zoom meeting at 7, and I got to go to Griffin to a meeting with a company over there who's making a donation you know, when I, and when I'm out with a veteran, I don't, I give them my full attention. I put my phone into the locker. And so, you know, you may have to leave a message, but I, I will get back to you whenever I can. That's good stuff. Um, well, Ken, man, we, like, like I say, y'all, we, we love what you're doing, man. And guys, if you're listening and you're, you're a veteran that's interested and going fishing with Ken at West Point, or if you are somebody who is interested. We in, in Wadawi. Mm-hmm. Um, either one, West Point or Wadawi. Or Wadawi, either one. Or if you're somebody who just wants to, to learn how to fish that the, one of those lakes better and, and want to book a trip out for the day, man, give Ken a call. And, uh, Ken, man, we appreciate you having your own brother, and we look forward to talking to you again very soon. So thank you for being on. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for that tip. The tip of the day is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com, and these guys know how to grow big. All right, that was a great segment with West Point. Glad to get these guys on the board with West Point, get them on the podcast, and we're looking forward to getting even some more guys from the West Point area and Wedowie Lakes calling in. Let's travel on up to the north part of the state to the Gunnersville area and the Tennessee River chain and uh, go with, talk to Jim Leary. Jim, you on here, buddy? Yeah, bud. Thank you for jumping on. And uh, I know you always catching fish, brother, but tell us what's going on up there. We were getting some decent cold weather, and today it's 65, so, um, and tomorrow's going to be 65 again. So I don't know what that's going to do. I'll find out tomorrow, but. With that cooler weather, I mean, it was getting the fish acting pretty good. I don't know. It's warm weather. It'll change their attitude, I'm sure. So with the cooler water, are the fish moving out and schooling up and making it better fishing, and then that warm water may scatter them some? What I think happens when it starts cooling off good, the the grass starts to die off, which exposes a lot more fish to be caught. Um, this year, the grass has just been everywhere. I mean, we found it out to 14, 15 foot. So they got plenty of places to hide, but when that water starts cooling off, killing the grass off for the winter, it opens up so many areas to fish. And that's why wintertime on Gunnersville is really good trap lake to go to, you know, catch them on vibrating jigs and rattle traps, swim bait. We have so many shallow flats where the fish can hang out. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, the warm water, I think it'll just push them up into the dirt, get them real shallow, you know, get eating up that sunlight. They like a little warmer temps, I'm sure, so they, they go real shallow. And it's, and it's still hard to get to the real shallow because lake has been extremely low. Not real sure why. I heard a lot of rumors, but regardless, <laughs> it's been low, like down to 592.70, I think is the lowest I've seen it on the app. I've never seen it that low. Wow. But like today, I believe they got it up to 594 as of today. So they brought it up some. But when I say it's low, like you got to pick which ramp you're going to put in because you might not be able to take out if they keep it too low. So. Yeah. And it, we hadn't had, you know, it, it, it's not a rain thing. They must be drawing it down for some other reason. Well, I seen where Douglas and Cherokee, they were. They were 20 feet high a week and a half ago, which is 
unheard of for up there. They usually have it drawn down by end of November at the latest. And it was still 20 feet high. I think they're moving a lot of water through and anticipating. I think we were anticipating rain what, last week. And hmm. so they they had it low for that. But I don't think it was for that. They just had it low. And maybe people are working on docks. I'm not sure. Yeah. But having it drawn down just makes it harder to access some of those places. It does because the grass is so thick. And Gunnersville is generally shallow. And you try to get in some of those places. I mean, you got to you got to scrape bottom sometimes to get to some of the fish that we've been catching. Hmm. Are y'all catching some decent size fish? We are. Um, we run the Black Friday tournament, me and my friend Adam Bozar, and we had 63 boats, and we've seen the first 25-pound bag we, and since, like, February, March time frame, like, uh, earlier in the year. Then we had, like, a couple 19-pound bags, I think, and it just kind of yeah. went back to the 14, 15 pounds. Yeah, 25 the, strong. We just had it. It's strong, but before Lake got real busy in the November time frame, I mean, I've had days where I've had 35, 40 pounds. Goodness gracious. And you just don't see that like we used to. That just it might be the weather, it might be the grass, it might be fishing pressure. I don't know, but it's it's not like that right now. So when you're going out right now, you know, like in, in the last few days, are you um... – so you know it may change things with with it warming back up a little bit but right now kind of what are you kind of what's your game plan when you go out in the morning I, i've been starting and just on a spot with history I, it's not the same one every day i'm just i'm still just trying to hit hit it just right and we'll start out with traps and uh, chatter baits in the morning and as the sun gets up you know we'll start throwing swim jigs and swim baits maybe a little deeper off the drops because in the mornings they seem to be pulled up feeding pretty good mm -hmm. and they as the day goes on they back out you know like that eight to ten and they they get real funny it's like they don't want a whole lot of vibration after that sun gets up they just want something subtle we've caught some on jerk baits and hasn't been a real strong strong bite but it's been a bite you get tired of swim bait, you pick jerk bait up for a little bit, and you, you'll get a bite. Uh, well, there's a lull happening, I don't know, say about from 8 o'clock to about 11. There, there's not a whole lot going on. You get bites, but later in the day from like that 12.30, 1 o'clock-ish till dark, you, you get back into them pretty good again. Nice. Good stuff. And Are you catching some, I mean, you you know, so what kind of what kind of numbers are you catching right now? Just to give you a tournament scenario, me and Adam, we fished our Sunday tournament that we, we host. We caught, I think we had a total of 30 fish in eight hours, and we had three over four, one three, and the rest were one and a half to two pounders. Now, I did, did happen to catch a 4.11 spotted bass out here on Sunday. Oh, wow. That's a big fish. That's a big spot. That's a big one. And, but my biggest I've ever caught is a five and a quarter, but that was on my scale. And I didn't know the state, the lake record is only five pounds, but I know. Oh, that man. Got away. Yeah. I, I caught that a year and a half ago. Caught that one and we thought it was three pounds. I mean, we didn't think much about it, but we waited there at the scales just to see. And it was, it was 411. That's a big one. And it was just random. It was in a largemouth spot. So. I can't explain why he was in like that seven foot of water on a grass line, but he was there. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff, man. Well, that's uh man. Appreciate you jumping on today and, and sharing with us for sure, man. Give us a, one of the things we we're going back to is, is man, we we'd love to get a tip of the day from you guys. So the tip of the day is brought to you by sun South. If you're even thinking about a new tractor or outdoors equipment, don't miss the year-end sales event at SunSouth. You can save thousands on a new John Deere with 0% financing and payment under $250 a month on selected models. Models like the John Deere 1025R compact utility tractor with front-end loader for larger jobs or drive off in a John Deere 3025E 
with loader from SunSouth for only $234 a month and 0% financing. Even John Deere Gators are on sale, including the 590M with 0% financing. Visit SunSouth for quality John Deere equipment you've been dreaming of. Or visit SunSouth.com. Offer expires December 31st, 2020. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Man, give us a tip of the day from you guys. If somebody's going to come up there and go fishing tomorrow, what's your tip of the day for the Tennessee River chain for, for somebody who might be coming up tomorrow? I, I think you can't go wrong with throwing a rattle trap right now. You know, probably a chrome, chrome and blue, you know, or maybe a shad color one. Start shallow, and as the day goes on, you may have to change your presentation. But for the most part, I, you could stay about six foot or less all day and catch fish. Nice. That's good yeah, stuff, it, man. It's good wintertime fishing, but it just has not like taken off like where it's just you know we're catching big fish. I mean, we need we need some colder weather. We're almost there. We need a couple more real hard frosts, like a week of it. How, what what and, kind of uh, water temperature are you looking for? I, I, happen i i like it i like it in the 40s i like mid 40s the upper 40s and we're still 53 54 um you can get 51 we're getting there but we ain't getting there quick enough and yeah. um, we got trips tomorrow and it's going to be a beautiful day and i i don't expect it to be a great fishing day just because it's going to be like really nice out right but i've been proven wrong on those bluebird days like that we've catch a mess of them well i hope you do man if somebody wants to uh speaking of booking trips and, and taking people out man if somebody wants to book a trip with you jim how do they need to get in touch with you they can contact me on by calling me or text me and, and my number is 256-698-6593 or I have a website uh, gunnersvillebassguides.com and i have also have social media now one thing if that's all right to say we got a sell on our gift certificates right now we got maybe nine left we did a big black friday sale we sold about i don't know 25 of them but they're, we got 50 dollars off on them right now just to finish them out for the year and they're right on the front page of my website if anybody would like to go on there and get a gift for somebody for christmas heck yeah man that's a great idea uh that's awesome that you're doing that because that is a uh, that's a great christmas that's a good stocking stuffer right there it is. It, it it goes far. I mean, they we we usually sell about forty. You know, every Black Friday to Christmas, we sell about forty of them, and we got about nine left. I Good think, deal. Maybe ten. If you guys are really wanting to get on the bigger ones, I I'm gonna put my money on February this year, and I think that'll be a great time up here, just the way the weather is. Everything being delayed with the warmth. Hey, yeah. Good stuff. Well. Yeah, man. Uh, guys. Y'all jump on the website real quick, and and if there's nine left, man, you better hurry and uh, book you a trip with Jim. And uh, sounds like sounds like January, February may be the time to really get on some big ones up there. But uh, even if you go now, you're gonna catch fish and have a good time and learn a lot. So, man, Jim, we appreciate it, buddy. As always, stay safe. Yes, sir. We look forward to talking to you again soon. You too. All right, buddy. Take care. See you guys. See you. All right, Jim, we always appreciate him being on. Just a guy has uh, got, got a lot of knowledge up there in the Tennessee River chain and, and uh, catches a lot of fish and, and some good fish. So we appreciate him. So, man, let's go back down and t- let's get on. We've been on the bass all day. Let's go down and, and, and find out some about some crappie fishing with uh with our man tony adams down further south alabama and and in the ufala area so tony you on here with me man yes sir good afternoon how are y'all uh doing good buddy how are you doing good man uh a little cold no but hey man getting some getting a little bit warmer weather here the next couple of days i'm sure that won't last long but gonna have a beautiful weekend it looks like maybe maybe a little rain but some warmer weather and you you sent me another picture before the show today and it always just leaves me with my jaw hanging i mean you're still catching fish yes sir they're doing really really good this past week, well, the last two weeks, we've been really doing good, and we've been doing good in deep and shallow water. 
those prettier days when it's a little warmer, we've been catching them in eight, 10 foot of water on structure. Been doing a lot of the uh, thigh hole jigs and I've been using stock rockets. It's been pretty hot this year. And what is um, that now? Say that again. You know, the eye hole jig, you take the bait and it's got little holes in the in the eyes. So you take the bait and you push it in the in the eye. Before they came out with eye hole jigs, you had to take the bait and hook it into the to the hook itself. But they've got eye hole jigs out now that you can take the bait, you know, the crappy niblets, things like that, and you just mash it into the eye and, and that puts out the scent in the water so that you ain't replacing that that niblet every time that you throw one out it lasts a whole lot longer all right walk me through this so you got a jig that you're putting scent is that what you're doing you're like squishing it in the eye holes in the eye holes it looks like you know little eyes in the jigs but it's got you know it's i reckon they press it out or drill it out or however they do it and you take you know the crappy niblets you know nibbles and you you push them into the eye uh-huh. Well, that leaves a set trail so that when you're working your jig, you know, it's putting sin in the water. It's I hole jigs. And, you know, I can send you some pictures if you'd like, but like say it's got little holes in the eyes that you take those little brown niblets and you put it into the eye of the jig head. And then you still use the jig and, you know, it just kind of puts a scent trail in the water as that, you know, that jig and jig heads coming through the water. So when we're, when you're talking about crappie, I mean, you're usually, I, I guess I've never, I've never thought of scent really. When I think of crappie, I think of more of a getting that flash and reflection uh, off that jig and, and, and getting more of, I guess, a reaction bite. How much does the scent come into play? Is the scent something that you worry about more different times of the year? No, you still get the flash. Winter months, you know, I have to slow slow it down quite a bit. The jigs, you, you just kind of work it a whole lot slower. And the flash is probably the number one thing that I like, the flash. That snot rocket is kind of a yellow-white, and I, I prefer the orange or the pink heads. I mean, I've always liked orange-pink heads because you've got, you know, a little different color in the water. And like I say, you know, during the winter months when it's a little cooler, you have to work that jig a lot slower than you would during the summer. They're not quite as aggressive. They'll still hit, but you have to work it a lot slower. Sometimes instead of pulling it up, pulling it down, sometimes you can just kind of like drag it, you know, real slow drag it, give it some slack, and they'll, you know, they'll hit. The smell, you know, you can get, get there's many different flavors out there. I mean, you know, the shad flavor is the one that I like probably the best because it, you know, it puts a little scent in the water so that they can kind of smell that chad. We, I mean, we've still been doing really well with minnows, you know, dropping the minnows down in, in the brush piles. And like I say, you know, some of the fish, the warmer the water, some of them's in, you know, eight, 10 foot waters, you know, with structure, we're catching them, you know, six to eight foot deep, just right above and some's right on the bottom, but you can do it with a minnow or, or jig. So when you're jig fishing, I guess shiner fishing either one, but we'll just say jig fishing. You know, I, I see a lot of crappie fishermen that they're like, okay, we feel like, you know, or, or the fish are at, I don't know, you know, 14 foot of water. So we're going to drop our jig down there, 14 foot of water. And we, you know, we may go up and down a little bit, you know, with a rod tip, but we kind of, we kind of put out the same amount of line and, and, and just hold it more steady. Is that how you do, or are you constantly dropping it down, pulling it up, dropping it, you know, letting it free fall, pulling it back up, or are you holding more of a constant pressure on your jig? This time of the year, when I find what depth they're really at, you know, I may just take the jig and drop it instead of lifting it up and down. It may be more of a drag, you know, where I'm, where I'm pulling the rod sideways and pausing it. Okay. In a real slow motion. I mean, you know, I may not pull three or four inches and then let it fall, another three or four inches and let it fall. Where during the summer, you can twitch it, you can bounce it. But during the winter, they want that, they want it real slow because they're not real aggressive. They're just sitting there and they're 
they'll sit there and watch it. And if you're moving it, the slower it, it slower the movement, the better they are during the winter time of biting. When you're dragging it, say in that short distance, and then when you say let it fall, how far are you letting it fall? You know, if, if you're if you got your reel and you've got the, the depth down pat, so you're just taking your rod tip and you're you're moving it sideways instead of up and down. So if you're pulling it sideways, you know, four to five inches, then when it falls, it's probably falling that four to five inches. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Very little. Okay. So um, you're not, all you're doing is stopping your rod, and then it's going to fall, obviously, because it's you're dragging, and it's going to fall that, that same that, amount. That, that's right, yes. Sir. Okay. Yeah, that's and good And then, stuff. you know, like I say, on, on a good good day, you know, I mean, you know, if it's really pretty warm outside, you can pull it up. You know, usually when I fish, you know, pulling it up, I may pull it up about 10 inches and then let it fall. 10 inches, let it fall. I may start from, you know, if I'm fishing in 16 foot of water, I may start from the very bottom and pull it up and just kind of keep working it up until I find the mark where they're mainly liking it. And instead of the reel in the reel, I may take the line in my left hand and pull the line up, spread the line out from the reel and just lay the fish in the, in the boat mm-hmm. without reeling it up. So that depth, you know, kind of stays the same. Kind of got it. Yeah. Kind of got it. Keep it, keep it the same level. Yeah distance that's right well i saw man it looks like you've been catching them how many did y'all catch this morning um i went yesterday we, we kept 70 and it was pretty <laughs> rough day it was, it, it was really windy and it was kind of cool yesterday i love um, how you say we call 70 is a pretty rough day <laughs> i'll have a trip you know again in the morning and like I say, it's going to be a lot prettier tomorrow. So there's no no reason we shouldn't you know limit out tomorrow with no problem. We would have limited out yesterday, but you know we turned a lot of the smaller ones back. When it when that wind gets up ten miles an hour, you know it's hard to hard to fish for a crappie because that boat's just up and down you know the whole oh, time. Yeah. So you kind of have to find find the bank that you can get closest to to kind of block some of the some of the wind. And with that wind being you know, more northwest yesterday, we really had to hug that Alabama bank pretty tight, you know, to get out of the wind. But I mean, we found plenty of fish. I mean, there's, there's a ton of fish out there. Heck yeah. Well, just to give you an update, um, uh, you know, I had ordered those ice jigs that you talked about and, and mailed them to my dad in North Louisiana and he got them and he went the day before he got them. He went and he caught three fish. His buddies that were up there, same thing. Nobody was catching anything. Terrible. He got the ice jigs and went the next day, and I think he caught 16. And then wow. he went, I think he said it was the day before yesterday. He said they was boat full, you know, the lake was full of folks. He said he was, there was some people catching them, but most people were not. I think his buddy caught six, uh, another boat he talked to caught three or four people were struggling catching them. And he said, I, I did an experiment. He said, I took my, put a jig on one and the ice jig on the other. And I fished them literally side by side, you know, one in each hand. And he said, I caught four on a jig and 16 on the ice jig. Those things are amazing. He said, so I am sold on the ice jig for right now. He said, I don't know if it's that they've probably never seen it there to start with. I mean, it's probably something new that they, that that most people aren't fishing with. Uh, I don't know if it's just the extra flash that they're getting. Uh, In fact, that the men is on the back of it with the, with the jig on the front. He told me to tell you thank you because he's having a fish fry tonight for a bunch of people in town there. And and if it wasn't for the ice jig, he might not be. He may have had to go buy some catfish. <laughs> yeah, sir. Those, those ice jigs are amazing, though. I'm telling you, it's I love those things. You can bounce it right. You know, you can just lay it right down in that structure and pull it up, and you know, let it fall. And and sometimes you just set it out there, and that that minute twitches that jig. You know, those two tones. Oh, they can't stand it can't stand it can't stand it well that's good stuff man well 
Good luck in the morning. I know you're going to fill the boat up. It's going to be a pretty day. Now, let me ask you this. So you've got, you've got tomorrow, which is going to be a beautiful day. It's going to stay warmer through the weekend, but like Saturday, you know, it's going to be more overcast chance of rain from what I'm seeing tomorrow's probably going to be more of a bluebird. So if you got a, if you're going those two days, are you going to fish those two days differently from the bluebird day to the cloudy day? How's that going to change your approach? Well, you know, with it being pretty tomorrow, I'll probably start with some shallow water. I'll probably start with some eight to 10 foot, you know, depth water with structure. And then as the sun starts coming up, getting a little more sunlight, then I'll probably go to some 12, 14, 16 foot of water. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the way I'll, I will start tomorrow out. Now, Saturday, when I fish Saturday, with it being overcast, then more than likely I will probably start at my first hole will probably be in a little deeper water. Then I'll probably move to some shallow water and I'll fish not right in the structure. I may be 20, 30 feet away from the structure and kind of come into the structure because a lot of times on overcast days, the fish may not be right in the structure. They could be 20, 30 feet away from the structure. And then as that sun comes up, they'll get tighter and tighter to that, to that main structure. I bet you a lot of people miss a lot of fish and fish right there on, on that that you just said, because everybody wants to get on top of the structure. That's what we, that's what crappie fishermen do for the most part. And on those cloudy days, when those fish are moving out 20, 30 feet away from it, most people aren't even targeting that. Right. And I catch a lot of fish away from that structure on those, you know, those overcast days where the sun, sun's not bright, you know, and if it's, you know, light rain, you know, overcast, you know, I'm fishing 20, 30 feet away from the structure and then, but I will work my way into the structure and then, you know, I may work my way back out, you know, 20, 30 feet. Cause there's a lot of times they're 20, 30 feet away from that structure. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I know you'll catch them in the morning. So, you know, we're like I told the other callers today, we're, we're going to start doing more of a, you know, like at the end of your segment, uh, a tip of the day somebody's coming tomorrow over the weekend you got to give them one tip when they're coming to the lake to catch crappie what's your tip of the day <laughs> I, I tell them bring a big cooler <laughs> i love it because <laughs> bring a big cooler you know I, probably the best thing i would tell them right now is with it being you know winter time when they set the hook you know make sure that you know they don't set it like they're setting the bass you know make sure that they just just wrist jerk and then make sure they keep a, you know, tight line on the fish and just steady roll, you know, real, real slow. So no slack comes in the line. Good stuff. That's a good tip, man. Well, we appreciate it. Tony, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you as always. Always love having you on here, man. Yes, sir. Anything I can do, y'all just let me know. All right. Yeah. Tell us how to get up with you. I know people want to come fish with you, what they need to do to get in touch with you. Yes, sir. The best way you, my name's Tony Adams. The phone number is 334-695-3003. Or you can look me up on Facebook, you know, Going Fishing with Tony or Tony Adams. And that phone number again is 334-695-3003. Y'all give Tony a call. I'm telling you, this guy is not catching 70, 80 fish every now and then. He's limited out. If you go with him, you're going, you, you, you're going to limit out. I mean, you're just going to, unless you have to call some and throw some small ones back, but you're still going to limit out. You're going to catch fish. So y'all give Tony a call. Tony, thank you, man. We appreciate you as always. Stay safe out there. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Thank you. Have a good weekend. All right, buddy. You too. Man, great show today, guys. Um, there again, love to have a new caller in from West Point. Going to reach out and get some more guys from that area to start calling in. That's a lake that we need to get more callers in and get more information on. So we appreciate that. And then as always, man, you got your Gunnersville guys that uh, in Tennessee River, that fishery is absolutely amazing. And, and it does get a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of good fishing and a lot of water to fish as well. So, and then with Tony. Nobody knows more than this guy. Uh, that's all there is to it. I mean, you know, we've he he 
nobody catches more fish than Tony when it comes to crappie. And so all these guys are, are, are amazing. And if you're looking to book a fish, man, I'd tell you to, you know, a trip somewhere, reach out to them, learn a lot uh, that you can take back with you and you'll have a good time and be with some good people as well. So that's going to be a wrap for this week's show. Please subscribe, rate, drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email you the podcast, just text fishing, the word fishing to 646-495-9867. And I will send you that show each and every week. That's a wrap for today. Talk to y'all next week. See ya. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Brian Sin with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344. And brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And these guys know how to grow big. And brought to you by Sun South. From outdoor equipment, parts, services, accessories, Sun South has you covered on the best for less. Visit Sun South or sunsouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. Sun South, for those that do.
This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and, and give Norman a call. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.